Section number six of Life and Sayings of Mrs. Partington. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Life and Sayings of Mrs. Partington and Others of the Family by B. P. Schillaber. Section six Indignation Meeting the enforcement of the law requiring our canine friends and fellow-citizens to wear collars about their necks a servile mark which no dog of spirit could for a moment consent to wear caused as might be supposed much growling among them and many teeth were shown and much dogged determination was evinced to resist the law acting upon this feeling the more energetic of the canonites went round among their brethren counselling them to withstand the law and telling them besides that the rights of universal puppydom were in their keeping and asking them in tones of earnest entreaty if they would see those rights sacrificed without a struggle this appeal was effectual and a meeting was forthwith assembled at the old slaughter-house on south boston flats to discuss the great question of resistance it was composed chiefly of dogs whose necks had never shaped with the anonymous badge of ownership of hard-fearing dogs bone-gnawing dogs of dogs not nursed in the lap of luxury or pampered by the indulgence of favouring masters none of the silk-eared and soft-footed aristocracy but there were the huge paws from roxbury neck the shag barbs from the north end and the tough and roughers from west boston and many of minor note not a smile marked their meeting not a tail wagged not a bark disturbed the stillness and anybody with half an eye could see that each heart was nerved with mighty resolution the meeting was organized by the choice of caesar the biggest dog present for president and plato a lean dog in specs who had been very active in getting up the meeting and who was known to be an excellent reporter was appointed scribe some said in an undertone aside that the scribe had nominated himself but his well-known modesty precluded the possibility of this and it may be set down as slander the chairman on taking his seat stood up and after wagging his tail in silence for some moments expressive of his deep emotion he then proceeded to make a speech describing the object of the meeting characterized by all the profundity eloquence brilliancy and power that has rendered the name of caesar immortal and that has more or less marked the efforts of every chairman of every meeting since when the memory of man or dog knoweth not the contrary we regret very much that we have not this great speech to print in recommending union in their action he related an original anecdote about an old man and his sons and a bundle of sticks which was received with tremendous applause there was a struggle for the floor as the chairman ceased and amidst much yelping it was assigned to cato an old setter who called upon his hearers to keep cool and not to be in too much of a hurry they would accomplish more by masterly inactivity than by thrusting their necks in the way of danger they must remember the conduct of an ancient member of their race he must refer to it although it was humiliating to think that a dog should be such a fool who dropped a piece of beef he had in his mouth for its shadow in the water prudence with both eyes wide open tight would remove them out of the way of trouble as a last word he would advise them to lay low and look out for bricks a species of dog bane inimical to canine constitutions a heavy old dark-browed dog here arose 
who commenced to bay violently against the law and those who were enforcing it he was astonished he was paralyzed he was dumbfounded to hear dogs counsel coolness in this crisis the policemen are upon us we have already felt our tails within their degrading fingers i hold them and their leader in detestation he i would bark at the woman who does his washing i hate him so i would point at him in state street though not naturally a pointer i would show my teeth at him wherever i met him his excitement overpowered him and he sat down ponto a large gnarly hard-looking dog here arose and it was doubtful for a time if he could be heard for the noise and confusion which prevailed among the opposers of the law he was for law and order law was too sacred a thing to be handled without gloves it was the palladium of our liberty if the law was oppressive as it doubtless was he would suggest in his reverence for law that they grin and bear it if their necks were a little chafed the evil would be mitigated by the reflection that the law was inviolate individual grievance was nothing in comparison with this grand idea everything that is legal is right what is wrong in the individual may become right in law did the law require him to fasten the collar upon his own neck or upon the necks of those with whom he was allied he would not hesitate to do it in his regard for the law he would he was here pulled down by his tail then amid the shaggy hair which thickly covered his neck a collar was discovered fitting closely to the skin amid the confusion attending this discovery he sneaked away a sandy-haired dog named carlo next took the floor and snarled ominously as he commenced he had but a few words to say he would ask them if they were going to allow this law to be enforced for his part he would fill his pockets with pistols and with a twenty-four pounder under each arm would he go alone to oppose it his remarks produced an immense sensation among the younger portion of the audience a cry was here made for bones a venerable dog arose whose appearance excited respect he gained his feet with much difficulty and it was perceived that he had a wooden leg and bore about his person sundry other marks of dilapidation my brethren said he when the cheering which had greeted him had subsided you have before you but a sorry dog but such as i am is all that was left over from that fatal nineteenth of april when so many of our race were served up cold i was then young and ardent at the first howl of danger i left the bone i was gnawing and threw myself into the front rank of the defenders of my race alas my friends i soon found that i was barking up the wrong tree and discovered too that canine sagacity however good it might be in saving children from drowning or worrying cats could never cope with humanity armed with clubs and actuated by the love of money in a bloody fray my leg was broken with an anonymous brick in another my termination was curtailed in another my right eye closed in darkness on the world for ever with this view of the power of man and of our own weakness i would counsel caution submission even for the present resting in the assurance of the fulfilment of the ancient prophecy of the good time coming when every dog shall have his day when basking in the broad sunshine of beneficent law we may catch flies in peaceful security fearing not the butcher's art fearing not the urchin's mischief who so reckless of our feelings persist in ornamenting our extremities with cast-off culinary utensils 
this speech produced a great sensation awakening the president who had fallen asleep during the pathetic part of it and a few sensitive pups near the door were so deeply affected that they had to go out and take a little wine to restore their strength the scribe who had prepared a series of resolutions before he came concluded not to submit them and let them drop back in his pocket to read some other time to private admirers and the meeting dissolved how to get out of an omnibus give the string a sudden jerk at the same instant you start from your seat to make for the door the motion of the coach will afford you an excellent opportunity of testing your powers of navigation and will not in the least annoy you although it may be annoying to those whose corns you tread on if you are timid of falling into the laps of your fellow passengers incline your body forward as if about commencing to swim and place your hands upon projecting knees on each side until you are at a right distance from the door and then make a sudden and energetic plunge at it as if attempting to carry it by storm we have seen a lady attempt this mode of egress and by skilful management contrive to sit on seven masculine laps before she reached the door it saves time to start a trifle before pulling the string you might lose a full sixteenth of a minute by waiting for the coach to stop and that is something where time is money and money is two per cent a month a literal construction creatures said a reverend gentleman should be careful in doing their master's service never to exceed their commission or take anything but the bible into their mouths bless me thought mrs partington as he said this i don't see how he could find room for anything more very well though some mouths are a great deal larger than others i remember my poor paul and his brother were digging a collar once when paul threw some dirt in his brother's mouth paul says he you filled my mouth half full of dirt his brother had a very big mouth have i said paul well just spit it outside and we shan't have any more to dig ah paul was such a queer man he was the beastiest creature what a joyous gleam shot from her specs as his reminiscence crossed her mind giving the very iron of the bows a semblance of gold in its light but the reflection cost her the whole of the fourthly a legitimate conclusion old mr brown and his son george were engaged in the haymow when the conversation turned upon california and the young man expressed a strong desire to go the old man said he shouldn't go they talked about it reasoned about it grew mad about it and the end of it all was that george showed his venerable progenitor down over the mow through a hole in the barn floor into an apple bin to the imminent risk of the venerable gentleman's neck and then ran away leaving his father in the bin among the apples the old man some months afterwards told the minister the story and the reverend very profoundly said that he thought children who showed such disrespect to their parents never came to a good end no sir said old mr brown firmly striking his hoe with energy into the turf no sir depend upon it that boys who throw their fathers down into apple bins don't go to heaven by a great sight an epigram upon the election of general peers the usual changes were made in the various subordinate offices with the usual anxiety among the outsendings expressed by the following the office holders are all in a sweat said an office hoper with exultation true said old roger i never yet saw such a journal perspiration question answered where is the fire 
asked mrs partington of a fireman from an upper window as the bells were waking the night with their clangor in was the ungallant response naming the hottest title of perpetual warmth dear me said the old lady not comprehending him is it so far off i wish it was nearer for your sake but he'll get there soon she muttered to herself if he goes on as he does now and she went to sleep again invoking blessings on the guardians of public safety the test refused mr jabez brattle the elocutionist was introduced one day to professor and expressed himself much pleased at making that gentleman's acquaintance mr brattle stated to the professor that he was an ardent admirer of his works and that he could repeat evangeline and the golden legend from beginning to end he commenced the former and had not got more than half through before the professor was seen dashing wildly up school street and in fifteen minutes by the old south he stood upon cambridge bridge thankful at his escape from a bore a wholesome lesson a dog is a very singular animal said the owner of fido to old roger after they had marked the affectionate gambols of the faithful creature who now in weariness had come to lie at his master's feet a very singular animal now you see i will flog him severely suiting the action to the word and now you see him licking my hand in return old roger was moved yes said the old man severely and were i the dog i would give you a different sort of licking from that he is the noblest animal of the two and ought to change places with you let me tell you sir that a man who by a mere accident occupies the superior position and out of pure wantonness abuses the power he may possess or presumes upon that power to hurt the helpless is a scoundrel sir that dog there is a king to him and the old man turned away leaving fido and his master to experience perhaps the benefit of the lesson there is a moral in it a bootless case i wish i could find something to help my corns said mr word despondingly they ache so i'll tell you what'll cure em said one of the boarders they're large boots about two sizes larger and you now wear and your corns will be better mr word wore number twelves already and as he cast his eyes towards his feet upon hearing this advice he sighed piteously for the remedy seemed bootless young man said old roger wiping his mouth on his napkin i pity your case if you depend upon that for to carry out the plan recommended the streets would surely have to be widened and land is very dear in boston it was touching the young man upon a sore spot and he left off complaining from then perhaps true a paper begins a paragraph eulogistic price the immortal friend of mothers etc we are assured by a friend at our elbow that knows that price is no object with some mothers and that however much it may be pretended that price is the mother's friend it is a notorious fact that price is obnoxious to fathers old roger's new hat for heaven's sake old woman get off my hat said roger at the concert as he saw a two hundred and fifty pounder settle on his new ventilated castor old woman it was an ungallant expression but the circumstance would seem to justify it a new hat was a new era in his existence and this was one of the latest 
recovering himself and pressing over his knee as best he might his crushed tile the wrinkles but too apparent he calmly continued i wouldn't object to your trying it on ma'am where there are the least chances of it fitting but it is evident that it isn't large enough i never saw a hat worn in that way before and i don't want to furnish one to experiment upon either the hat was put on but how like an apothecary's apprentice long indented it looked contrasted with its previous fair proportions they are very destructive to hats especially where they throw them at the singers christmas reflection i wish you a merry christmas and a happy new year with your stomach full of money and your pocket full of beer yelled ike as he skipped into mrs partington's kitchen where the old dame was busily engaged in cooking breakfast on christmas morning don't make such a noise dear said the kind old lady holding up a hand you give me a scrutinizing pain in my head and your young voice goes through my brains like a scalpel knife but what did the good santa cross put in your stocking isaac and she looked at him with an arc and pleased expression as he took out of his pockets a jackknife and a hum-top painted with gaudy colors ike held them up joyously and it was a sight to see the two standing there she smiling serenely upon the boy's happiness and he grateful in the possession of his treasures ah said she with a sigh there's many a home to-day isaac that santa cruz won't visit and many a poor child will find nothing in his stocking but his own little foot it might have been a grain of the snuff she took it might have been a floating mote of the atmosphere but mrs partington's eyes looked humid though she smiled upon the boy before her who stood trying to pull the cord out of her reticule to spin his new top with reflection about mosquitoes there now i hope you've got it you everlasting torment said mrs partington angrily giving margaret her young neighbour who was in spending the evening with her a smart slap on her forehead and nearly throwing her from her chair at the same time knocking the britannial lamp from the table by her violent motion what's the matter inquired margaret alarmed for such conduct was very unusual and the oil from the lamp had marred her new calico it's only a pesky musketeer dear said the old lady relighting the lamp it's only a musketeer and i can't see the use of em the tormenting creatures they say the lord makes everything for some good purpose and so i think that these sort of annoying reptiles must be made by somebody else i do the remark may be thought irreverent by some but the old lady was excited and the heat of these warm mosquito-teeming evenings ought to excuse more even under such annoyance as she was suffering a passable joke old roger was at the concert one evening and as he sat awaiting the commencement of the performances in a slip where there was room for one more a gentleman came along and tapping him on the shoulder told him in a whisper that he should like to pass inside of him old roger looked at the stranger a moment he was a large man very large upon my word sir said the old fellow i don't think you can for i have just eaten a hearty supper and from appearances i should judge that you wouldn't sit well on my stomach this was said loud enough for people in the adjacent seats to hear and in an instant eleven double spy-glasses were levelled at him the gentleman looked very red at first i mean said he pointing to the vacant seat will you allow me to pass by you to that seat certainly sir 
said old roger gravely and i am rejoiced to find that your request is so much more possible than i first regarded it the stranger immediately tendered old roger his hat which he magnanimously declined receiving a poor sign exposure couldn't you get young pork ma'am to bake with your beans said old roger somewhat cynically as he sat at table one sunday they told me it was young said the landlady well it may be so but gray hair is not a juvenile feature by any means in our latitude ma'am continued he fishing up a gray hair about a foot and a half long with his fork he may have been young but he must have lived a very wicked life to be gray so soon as he spoke he looked along the table and a slight emotion was visible among the boarders and the man who sat opposite with his mouth full of the edibles with which he had been endeavouring to smother a laugh grew dark with the effort and then collapsed scattering dismay and crumbs amid nicely plaited folds of old roger's shirt frills i wouldn't be so bothered about my meals said a jaw printer to a brother typo who had to wait pretty often for dinner that didn't pay for waiting if i boarded out i'd have my dinner just as soon as i could get it a knave in the church a knave in our church screamed mrs partington as her eye rested on a description of the new edifice and the offensive verse struck terror to her soul a knave in our church who can it be dear me and they have been so careful too who they took in exercising him aforehand and putting him through the catechism and the lethargy and pounding him into a state of grace who can it be and the spectacles expressed anxiety i believe it must be slander after all oh what a terrible thing it is to piss in the peace of a neighbourhood deteriorating and backbiting and lying about people when the blessed truth is full bad enough about the best of us what a lesson is here for the mischief-maker to ponder upon truth lent dignity to her words and gave a beam to her countenance reminding one somewhat of a sunset in the fall on a used-up landscape mrs partington one fourth of july was much incommoded by the crowd that rushed to see the procession she said she didn't see the least need of scrouging so for she dare say the procession was full long enough to go round the pundit pund dr dig and old roger were holding an animated conversation upon the subject of california the doctor contending that the chances were against the emigrants thither getting recompensed for their trouble for said the doctor the ground is all occupied and those coming last have small chance of procuring a lucrative field for their operations my dear sir said old roger with animation i can assure you it is not so for i am informed by an intelligent returned californian that every man who goes to the mines has his pick the doctor however still contended for his point and could not see how it could be possible and thought old roger's friend must be mistaken punch in the head old sherry came home one night when it was so near morning that the line dividing the night from the morning was legitimately debatable and having taken an extra glass or two previous to leaving the company he had been with he was somewhat dull of apprehension and the houses seemed walking around him unaccountably and the streets by some sort of undulatory motion that he had never before noticed seemed determined to throw him down but he got home safely so far well but he had lost his night key 
or it was in the pocket of his other pants in the wardrobe within ten feet of the spot where mrs sherry was probably at that time reposing whose snore he even fancied he heard jarring the latch of the outside door it must be one or the other for he felt in his pockets for it in vain he didn't like to alarm the house nor the people in it for a quarter of a century's experience of the quality of mrs sherry's temper led him to know that her welcome to him in his present plight would be more warm than agreeable even if she consented to let him in at all it at last occurred to him that a window in the rear of the house could be opened from the outside and he at once resolved to gain an entrance in this manner then creep upstairs to bed and say nothing to anybody accordingly with this burglarious idea in his mind he went round to the back of the house the window was a little above his reach but he found a barrel somewhere and by skilfully manoeuvring got it beneath the window and elevated himself upon it he tried to lift the sash and it slid up easily to the desired height where he secured it with a stick mr sherry congratulated himself upon his triumphant achievement on the difficulty the outposts were one another step and he would be master of the citadel already was his foot raised to take this last step his head and shoulders were within the window when the treacherous barrel losing its equipose in the exertion mr sherry was making fell over his luckless elbow touching the stick that sustained the window it fell with a crash upon mr sherry's broad shoulders and he found himself in a trap from which he could not escape mr sherry's maiden sister a romantic damsel of thirty-five had heard the noise and as she awaked from her slumber the idea of thieves flashed across her mind she had been dreaming of brigands and robbers and the noise occurred just where a heroine was forcibly carried from her paternal home by ruffians in masks upon the spur of the moment she darted into her nephew's chamber contiguous to her and told him in a big whisper that robbers were breaking into the house and added the gratuitous and sanguinary information that they would all be murdered in their beds while she went to impart this gratifying news to the rest of the household the young man arose and without stopping to dress himself seized a big stick and went stealthily downstairs he opened the door softly of the room from which the noise proceeded and beholding the supposed burglar in the window the young sherry gave his parents head a couple of whacks with the stick when a cry from that suffering specimen of a suspended animation revealed to the young man who the victim was and with the assistance of the rest of the family who had now assembled the two hundred pounds of old sherry was soon housed such a lecture as he received either the lecture or the debauch or the cane perhaps the whole combined gave him a severe headache the next morning and he was constrained to keep his bed he summoned his son to his bedside and with an expression of grave authority he asked the young man if he didn't think he was a graceless rogue to be punching his parents head in the way he did if he wasn't really ashamed of himself the young sherry made up a mouth in which much fun blended with considerable that was serious and replied that his respected sire would never have got any punch in his head from him had it not been for the punch he had got in his head before he came home the old sherry admitted the corn turned over and slept on it End of section six.